That still warms me up. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yes, that Caribbean feel. Yes. Cuban feel, or yes. Caribbean feel. With a little bit of the funds in it. Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I like the... Da, 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 da. I still like that. Yeah, that's a great riff. Yeah. And if anybody that. gets a chance to listen to this through their own hi-fi system with a good sub-bass system, trust me, there's some nice deep bass tones in there. Yeah, I get that in the car with my amazing sound system. Like, It, it really it, rocks my socks off. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, I have to say, I'm very proud of that. I enjoyed mixing it down. It took me a long time, but I think it's come out very, very well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And I, I love that Cuban beat. Love that little footwork that you put in there. That yeah. Tinkering. That's nice. That tinkering. That's good. All righty. So we got some news to tell you. We are Do actually we? launching our advent calendar in a few days' time. Oh, that one, yes. Yeah, work it out. You've got to do the time travel. So this will get released on Saturday, which will be one week away from, yes, so December the 1st, you will have the first little window to open on your advent calendar with a piece of chocolate inside. (laughs) Moraine gets amazed, but you've got to listen to them first. So every day, between three and five minutes long, just a bit of a giggle, a bit of a laugh, everyone has a golden nugget. Something like that, yes. All yeah. the way through to the 25th. Yes. Fourth. Yes. If we do Saturdays Is it Sundays. 24th? Or is it 24th until the is, 25th? 24th is traditionally when you finish. Because One to 24. you do the big Christmas food thing, dinner, on the evening of the 24th. You do, yes, but it's also, I guess, the day that Mary and Joseph arrive at the stable. So in my day, when I was a lad, before when we had chocolate advent calendars, and we had pictures, the last picture was always, we've arrived at the stable, and tomorrow we'll give birth. It's something to do with religion. I don't know whether you remember this when you was a kid. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yes, let you know, we thought we'd have some fun. Um, our plan is to do 24, if, you, if we... Don't get past the 10th of December. We got fed up of doing them. Yes. <laughs> but we'll try and do all of them. <laughs> all right. So that's, that's that a bit of news. That would be beautiful. Our advent calendar, we stop at the 18th or something. <laughs> yeah. We start a new trend. <laughs> all right. Also, folks, you have four days left to choose your workshop because when this is released, we will be in our final week um, uh, before Microsoft 365 conference. Yes. On December the 9th, we will be running our adoption and change workshop, our practical adoption and change workshop, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is good fun. Uh, if you were in Southampton, folks, and you're still listening cool. to us, you guys had a lot of fun on that event so where we did it, first of all. So that will be done in sunny Vegas. So all of those Americans listening to this podcast, guys, we hope to see you on December the 9th. Exactly. And if not, there at our workshop somewhere in the bar in the bar i mean and the conference no yes. we will advertise a place where yeah. we will be sitting with some whiskey bottles and uh yes uh, and let people join us we just don't know where yet we've got to go and explore vegas and find the place it's true uh but i've also seen that uh visco our big friend from finland Ooh. also a big whiskey lover he's going to be there also going to be there so He'll yeah. probably, uh, yeah, we'll, we, we've got enough whiskey lovers there to 
properly. Uh, yep, yeah, that's good. All right, make so it dense in the city. And Moran next week goes to uh, Copenhagen. 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 So yes, yes. you yes. will be when I release this. I'll mix it down at the weekend probably. So that weekend you will be traveling off. Yeah, I'm leaving on Monday. So my house is unprotected, ready to steal all my valuable That's cigars. True. They're and all whiskey. well insured now, so please go yeah. steal them. <laughs> that means yeah. now we're committing fraud. Oh, sh- oh okay. And uh, anyway. we've had busy days in the office, so we're both being very lazy. M- Moran is looking very elegant in this leather chair in my office. He's chilled out. He's got his legs crossed. Yes. And uh, You're looking at the You're elegantly manspreading. I'm just yes. manspreading around, yeah. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little dance. Do a little dance. The wiener dance. Take yes. a little dad, get All down right. tonight. Oh, dear. We've been singing a lot tonight. Yes, yes. All right. So um, we have also should let you know we are drinking a 18-year-old whiskey later. Mm-hmm. Which has got a very, very, very sexy tasting notes. Yes. What was that? Moist apricots? It's full of like moist that. apricots. Yes. Something like that. And then also yeah. dried raisins. I, I, I think apricots is a very funny name for a lady. It is. And it's not moist. It's juicy. Juicy. Apricots. Juicy apricots. Yes. And the color is funny. This color is oiled cedar. I have never in 103 episodes had any of our whiskey where the color is described as oiled cedar. Yeah, but every now and again, you have to oil your wood. You have to oil your wood. <laughs> okay. okay. It's going to be one of those days. Okay, okay. All right, let's okay. talk uh, something serious. We are kind of kicking off on some governance work. Um, yeah. The last year, we've been talking a lot about uh, change and adoption. A lot. And we've loved it, and you have. Our numbers have increased. So we're obviously yeah. touching a poise. And we have the workshop. As I said, we've done the workshop yeah. where we talk about this being very, very practical. And it started off in Barcelona. Yeah. And I've still got the, the uh, beer mat I stole from the whiskey bar, which is there with my water <laughs> on it, uh, the whiskey area. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, funny enough, talking about the whiskey area, we, well, you remember it, of course. Of course. L- uh, that bar that was about as wide as my office here. Yeah. Um, I looked online, they now moved. Oh, yeah, they ov- opened up their new location. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's a fabulous location. Oh, man, we all... need to go back yeah, to I Barcelona. I know. Uh, my, one of my uh, colleagues, my boss at uh, one of my client customers was over there for a Gartner conference a few oh. weeks ago. And I said to him, hey, look, here's the list of places. So I sent, I sent him the, the campus place that's yep. reopened. Yep, yep. Uh, I sent him the Whiskeria place. Of course. And when he came back, I went, so did you go? He went, no, I was too busy. Um, uh, but he pointed Nob. out, no, no, but he pointed out something you said earlier today as well. So yes, I told him that he'd missed an opportunity. But you pointed out today that uh, you had a kind of timing problem at one of your clients yeah. today, which means that next week when you're away, you're going to have to get your laptop out and you're going to have yeah. to go and do some work instead of being able to focus on the conference. Yes. And he said the same thing. Now we are working mobile and remotely and everybody just expects you to continue working. Yeah. He couldn't really go and switch off. So he, he could, couldn't go and focus on the conference. And this was a Gartner conference. And so they're kind of Expensive. not the cheapest. Yeah. yeah. But he said that I ended up working 
all the free time. He says, and I'm looking around at these people sitting on the floor with their laptops open, taking meetings in the middle of the event. And they paid good money to be there. Like, yeah. And that's not what you're there for. Yeah. So it did strike me that, you know, um, something that you're kind of conscious of is that you can't always disconnect now. There's another layer of this hybrid working stuff. Though I work from home and I, I enjoy working from home. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. I go to the office and I kind of work. You know, if I go to a conference, it's still as if you should be connected and working and doing what you need to do. So just advice to anybody here to have a real think over the next. If you're going up to Copenhagen, guys, block out your diary. Don't, unless you really have to, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, don't sit there and think you've got to catch up on your email. And if you went on holiday, you wouldn't do anything, would you? You try not to. Uh, We're independent, so that's yeah, not that's the same. Yeah, but yeah, generally, yeah. people will come yeah. back and you know you've got four hours of catching up with your emails yeah. to do. So take the same approach. Yeah. That, uh, so, so there you are. So yes, yeah. you went to Wiskiri, but So I was looking it up and they were. it looks fabulous. It looks fabulous. So check it out on Facebook. Uh, Whiskeria is uh, well worth going back to. Nice. But they've got a lot of antique furniture. Nothing's new. So oh, they've gone searching brilliant. for that oh. old-fashioned furniture. So oh. so there you go. So yeah. how do you go so to Whiskey? That's, that's decided we need to go back to Barcelona. But we just talked about going to Scotland next time. Uh, maybe. To blend some whiskey. But we also need to go back to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We should. Any excuse. Right. So... Yes, we did a lot of change in adoption. We were thinking about where we wanted to go next year. And we've talked about baseline governance before, which is as great. And we I touched on one of the weed drams, or I will be doing, about where that model goes to when you start off from baseline. And uh, I'm yeah. currently kind of thinking about, you know, the fact that it, it moves and it develops and it moves on. And, of course, ultimately you get to the point where you have to redo your governance because it needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. So I think that we want to focus on governance over the next few months a little bit so we'll be doing regular hits on the governance stuff so today we kind of thought we'd like to give you a cross-section of how and what we do around governance in for our clients i guess yeah i think that's that's well said and that's what we're gonna do moraine is well chilled Obviously, very, it's very, going to, he's very, going to be staring at me, nodding and saying, yes, yeah. Steve, yes, Steve. Yeah. Oh, do I really have to talk now? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So how do you define no. governance, Moraine? Governance. I once, when I was a wee lad, when you were opening up your advent uh, calendar. Advent calendar. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, it is the art of steering towards... A destination. The art of steering towards a destination. Yeah. That's bloody awesome. I know, right? You didn't just think about that, did you? I did. Really? Yes. That explains so much. Right. (laughs) No, but but I think you're right. I think that um, with any system, if you know what you're doing, if you're a subject matter expert or if you're a consultant, you know where you need to get to. Yeah. In terms of, hey, we need to Where put you this want online. To go to, and, yeah. yeah um, we have that vision in mind. So being able to steer the organization there through a series of policies and, and things is right. Yeah. But you need a process in place, of course. Yes. So we're going to... And gonna, you also need to make sure that you know where you want to go to. And that, that vision is aligned with your sponsors and your board. And 
your organization. Yeah. <clears throat> and the project scope and your change scope. So in some ways, you already know where you want to try and get to. Well, inspiration sessions. Yeah. We talked about those. We did numerous <laughs> amounts of times. You were not that enthusiastic about it. Not but until we did it. Yeah. But that's fine. No, that's yeah. cool. But yeah. All right. So we've got important. two or three areas that we want to cover uh, in this subject. Um, and um, yeah, so let's start off really. So I think the first thing that we need to talk about is the different areas of Microsoft 365 that you're going to put governance into because it's not governance singular. Everything. You need to govern everything. You need to govern well, everything. It's always a, a um, how do you say that, a cross section between cost and time and the things that you want to have under your control. So you could manage and govern all the bits and bobs, but that's going to cost you a lot of money and a lot of time. So just to rephrase that, you could govern everything, not just yes. bits and bobs. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah, can govern yeah. everything and that would just cost you time, money and resources yeah, to be able to manage yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Or you can govern nothing. Govern nothing. Yeah, just leave it as it is and out of the box. Out of the box. Yes. So Just somewhere between out of the box as and God intended. As God intended, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the trouble is by the time you get to 22, you can't still live without clothes. You know, Somebody will yeah. complain. Oh. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so you've got to find the line that suits your organization. Yes, but also what kind of organization you are. If you're a bank or uh, dealing with uh, personal data or pharma or government government versus you're a little startup or an IT consultancy company or whatever. So your business will have a different approach to governance generally. Yes. And also different things that you want to govern because you might want to do things around privacy and security while for other organizations, that might be less of a thing. But everybody has to do privacy uh, and governance privacy around data because of GDPR. You can't exclude yourself from it. So um, there are some no, things that are true. mandatory. It's true. But you, even that can be... I know some companies that just say no personal data on SharePoint or on Office 365. Done. Government... Governance done. But you have to done. have some personal data because you have names and emails and addresses as part of Active Directory as part of driving it. So there are some things. Every time you create a document, you write a name, a name in an email, and that just means that that person has an account. That's all. That's not personal data that you need to obfuscate. Why not? Because you call them 15 at domainname.com. No, if if my email address is madan at customer one, then that that's not something you need to. That's not a privacy thing. Why not? If my personal phone number was on there, my private phone number and my private address was on there, that would be a different thing. But what about your name? My name is not a private thing. It's on. It's everywhere. So you don't have to protect the fact that you created 25 documents in that company. 
I don't think so. Mm. It's a it's a fuzzy. Well, maybe it's not fuzzy for all the uh, security and GDPR experts, but, but to me, it's a fuzzy thing. But I, I don't think so. But I can turn because around and say that's not my privacy intended document. In no, less, I I can turn around and say I would like you to send me everything that I worked on, please. That's got my name on it. I would like you to delete yes. my identity on your tenant. Yes. I have the legal yeah, yeah. right to delete yeah. that. So even so anything that's got your name on, if I have the legal right to delete it, do I not have the legal right to present it? The the big the big change here or the big uh differentiator here is that I'm paying you to do work. So the I, work you is know we talked about this being a grey area. Yeah, no. We no. are we have no idea okay. whether we're anyway, talking crap yes. or what we know here, to but, be honest. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's where that's the the big change in the in the equation. If I'm getting paid to do something, then the end result is for the customer, and it's not mine anymore. Um, and so, the whole GDPR thing is that Google is storing uh, my email address and everywhere I went to when I was using Google Maps. And I and because I didn't pay for that or whatever, I can have it removed because that's data that they're keeping that is on me personally. So if I email you from my account yeah. and I put your name and address on that document, I now need to, you can say, hey, can you please make sure that data is well protected, please? Yeah, that's something else. But if I employ you to write 25 documents, then those 25, those 25 documents, documents are work I get that. items, yeah. But I could store my training plans on there. That's my training plan. And uh, who was in what training at what time? But then again, if that was uh, in company time... Why see, would that be a problem? But anyway, there's a difference here between what logically makes sense to you and I. We go, hey, you were working on the company then, so yeah. that's the company's, and what law actually says and how it's interpreted. So, yes. so for example, where there's a conversation going on at the moment about applications that um, uh, we build on mobile devices mm -hmm. and whether or not they're select collecting location. Because then I was in that location and you're storing that information. One of the things at GDPR is that you need to have a good reason why you want to store that information and you need to outline how long you want to store that information and why you want to store it that long. Yeah. So it's okay if you store the location as long as you use that and that you say, I will delete that in six months' time because it's only relevant for the next six months. And the Workers' Council have no issues with that whatsoever. Unless it's the German Workers' Council. <laughs> All right. We, have not, anyway. we are not GDPR experts. You've probably no. worked that out already. And of we course are we, not we, millennials. We, we are, are not GDPR experts. <laughs> we've we gone are, down our little alleyway. We are alleyway. not so many things, yes. But that's one type of governance that we need to have to make sure that all of that data has processes associated with it to meet the appropriate legal requirements. Yes. So that's the GDPR journey. But let's just think now about our 
Microsoft 365 environment and about making sure it's doing what we want it to do and that users understand how they can use it. So that's the different kind of end journey. Mm -hmm. So uh, just a quick snapshot then of the different types uh, of governance that we really need to document and build and share with people and let them know we're doing it. So security governance. Mm, yes so understanding how we're going to store stuff and how we're going to keep it and how something's going to be labeled and then how it's going to be treated from a security perspective and protected uh yes yes but that might also <clears throat> flow over into other governance of course committees yeah well we're just talking about the governments at the moment not necessarily the kind of processes we'll cover that in no, a minute yeah. or two gotcha. so i mean i've got us in there infrastructure so how it's all connecting together your conditional access or you all the stuff we talked about on previous podcasts about how you hang this together what, firewall your change, ports you're open yeah your network like setup yeah uh, your content architecture so the rules around what type of content, what metadata is mandatory, how taxonomies Side are working. architecture. Exactly, the structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, MS Teams, users creating sites, not creating sites, shared channels, no shared channels, external yeah, access. Well, yeah, that's part of the security and part of the content and part of the whatever. Not sure. It could be um, part of the authentication or identity management. Yeah, so... Do you yes. rather... Twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, morning or evening? One of each. Oh, okay. Just Good. for variety. Okay. So um, do you rather go and say, okay, I've got a OneDrive and a Teams and an Outlook and a Planner governance, or do you say I've got content, collaboration, intranet, Calling communication, application. application. So I have a, I, and the reason Amputation. for that, uh, yeah. So that uh, if the system fell over and I had to rebuild it, then I have. Yeah, it's a great question. Would so you go are, for are the, are the document, the configuration documents that you set the application up as? Are they a governance document? I think so. I think so too. In that case, application. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I will. I go through the process. So let's just walk through a process that I use. Um, I will get techies together and say, "Guys, we're going to roll out OneDrive." All mm -hmm. right, and I would say, "These are all of the options we have. What do we yep. want to set them as?" I would then pass that to an expert and say, "Hey, I need to design document now of OneDrive meeting these business requirements or these settings potentially mm -hmm. um, and then they build the design document and then I implement the configuration around that design document so yes. all of that to me is our governance documents and they need to be approved or accepted by appropriate somebodies which we'll get onto in a minute or two yeah. so yes I believe they are governance documents good yeah but also uh, what you also need in an organization is like uh, good rules around how do we communicate within our organization? When do we use Teams? When do we use email? Stuff like that. But the same thing with collaboration. When do we save a document in OneDrive? When do we save a document in SharePoint? When do we save a document in Teams? Are they governance? 
Or are they best practices and guidelines? Yeah, etiquette, rules, best practices, guidelines, stuff like that. But definitely things that you need to think about, think about the options, sit around, see how you want to have these implemented, pros and cons, technical capabilities. Yeah, I get but, it. I get where you're coming from. I think I think mm. basically if we go back to the first thing you talked about when you defined what governance was about a journey to get somewhere and we talked about the fact that you could have no governance or you could have governance on everything. Mm-hmm. What we've just talked about is maybe an extreme case, governance on everything, um, where you have all of those best practices, how to use, what to share, when to share, blah, 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 how to configure. But you might come back from that and go, you know, our governance is only about configuration and setting it up to support the way we want to work. And then you exclude the documents around training and best practices and ways of working and change and adoption because they are not really getting you to the journey. They're just getting the organization to do something. But that's a choice you have. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, it yeah, may well yeah, be yeah. that you say you must work this way because it's secure. Or you may say you can work any way you want, but we'll have good security on that will stop you doing certain things. Yeah. So so, that, so it's a balance that you have to take, and that's fine. So, um, yeah, just to finish off that list, um, Outlook, Governance, um, uh, Intranet, of course, what we can share, what yep. we can't, and external yep. access. The big one at the moment, of course, is power automation and power platform governance yeah. around that, which is incredibly complex, all right, because it's yeah. constantly changing. And Microsoft, you buggers, you do not make it easy to be able to do governance and control oh, no, around absolutely. power automation. Yeah. In fact, they don't make it easy around a lot of things because they don't want people just turning stuff off. They want to be able to sort of keep things moving forward. and. I know. And one of the things that they now just released without any notification in the message center or whatever is the games, the, the Teams games for the meetings. The Teams games. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but now if we are in a, a Teams meeting... I can actually start playing Solitaire or start playing um, uh, Minesweeper and a few other games as well in the meeting while my screen is shared in Teams. If I have those apps enabled? It's enabled by default. So you need to disable it. If I have not turned them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to disable it. But um, Microsoft just brings that out and says, like, Yeah, I saw that. I saw somebody actually, uh, uh, I I watched a video on somebody setting up Doom in MS Teams. Oh, okay. So you can have a shooting game. But uh, I was thinking, now that would be cool if it's collaborative. So you're all in a meeting go, guys, let's take 10 minutes out and all play Doom and shoot good of each other. Like a proper multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that 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 is fun. <laughs> Are we? You're not here to have fun. You're here to work. Yeah. All right, part of the fun. All right, so they're the different types of governance that we that we have. And today we're not going to sit there and drill down those. We might break into those over the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really wanted to give the outline. We've got four areas here. We want to talk about our 
How? How? We do this. <laughs> how? How? I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, because that reminded me of something. Okay. We want to talk about the roles associated with the government process. Yeah. And we want to talk about the racky around this. And maybe we'll talk about some typical processes we use to manage this. And we're already at 30 minutes in. So, uh, really? We're, yeah, we're having fun again. We're having fun again. Oh, man. But I have to tell you the story about how. So, of course, how is a, a northern Indian child you go how oh right. yeah, so, yeah yeah so that yeah, came out a but the native reason... a native american correct uh, okay okay but um <laughs> uh, we've been playing around on ms teams with turning on the uh, meeting advisor what's the thing called where it tells you how well you're oh yeah 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 the um, um meeting speaking, co- coach. Spe- speaking coach yeah 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 yeah. It's great fun to work out what it tells you and what it doesn't tell you. So really cool stuff like, you know, um uh you're speaking too fast mm-hmm. or you need to be clearer or don't use too many words, okay? Um but um we uh we used uh the word Indians <clears throat> in something and I can't remember what it was. All right, but it came up and said, "Hey, uh, be careful! This not inclusive. This is this could well be offend somebody, and it's not inclusive. And we also got you guys, yeah, yes, you guys, yes. But if you say you fucking idiots, doesn't say a word. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay because idiots could be male and female and non-binary. Yes, I'm <laughs> sitting thinking. All right. So, uh, so if you're identifying an individual. You're okay. You're sorry. You're naughty and you're wrong, and it tells you not to do it. Yeah. Or if you use a term that might be, you know, guys grouping, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can call them idiots and you can swear as much course, as you yeah. like, and that's acceptable because everyone can be an idiot. Yes, everyone could be a guy. No, they can't. Everybody, that's the whole thing. Everybody could be an Indian. Uh... I mean, you could be. I don't know. So, you guys, everybody is only only wrong if you have not checked in with everybody about what their pronoun might be. Oh, God. Let's not go do this whole woke thing. (laughs) No, but it's true, isn't it? No. So, I am going to try and say, hey, you, he, she, they, her, and them. Oh, no. And see whether it comes back and says anything. And what about people that identify as a furry? Uh, yes, I don't know. So you should be. To, you should actually. Ah, here's the answer. Now, when you join the no. meeting, you should actually state what your pronoun is, and then it can advise people whether they're using the wrong pronouns. Or so not. it. So then, then you get things like uh, how Microsoft did their presentations last year or two years ago. Oh, Hello, my this. name is John. I'm wearing a yellow sweater and my hair is dark gray and I've got a three-day beard and but I'm wearing for, brown for, shoes. But that's for people that went out drinking the night before at the conference and they're sitting there going, oh, with their eyes closed. So it's only fair that you describe yourself. Have I got that wrong? I think so. I I don't care how people look i mean i'm okay anyway so maybe you missed this this is so that people that are not looking that are blind that are only listening to the presentation yes oh okay you get that i get that all right so why would you not do it to be polite (laughs) and nice to these people 
Okay, say no more. Put that, fing- okay, put that on, finger back. down and let's okay. move on. How? <laughs> How? How? Yes. Okay. So um, we, we kind of came up with a, a, just a couple of three words here. So, um, so we, we're not sure which order those goes in, but basically there are five processes we've identified around setting, uh, up. setting up governance yeah. or defining it. So mm-hmm. define. Uh, so you define what you're governing and some of the rules around it. You then need to review that because you can't make this decision on your own. So uh, there needs to be yes. a root, root process. Yes. Then there needs to be an adaption process because yeah. you're not, not going to get it right. Not an adoption process, but an adaption. Adapt, yes. yes. Adapt. So you might need to change it. And that might go in different orders, of course. Then you need mm. to kind of approve it or have somebody approve it. And then you need to publish it. That's good that you can still read your own handwriting because I was going to say you need to define it, review it, adapt it, approve it, and then publish it. it. Oh, can yes. you not see it? <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyway, uh, where, where does baseline come in? Is that your define stage in the beginning or does baseline come before that? Do you start with baseline, then review, and then define and then adapt and then no, approve I, and then I, I think that baseline is not uh part of the how i think it's uh, uh it's the what really uh, my i don't know what it is but effectively if you have a baseline governance outline hey i'm going to do one drive and i'm going to do this and this and this so i can move it forward that would go through this process so you're defining something at a baseline level so it's kind of governance level So the board or whatever is doing this process, they're defining this. So it would say, this is my baseline. So you would go, okay. So when I review it, I go, all right, I don't need to go into detail because this is the baseline or it's adopted. So I think that you would would do a baseline uh, and then I think you would kind of maybe do some kind of development or I'm changing it or I'm updating it or I'm adding to the governance. You test it and then then you... You test it and then you adapt it or review it and then you adapt it. But you, each one you yeah. go through. So the baseline governance will go through all five stages, be implemented. Yeah. And then six months later, you might actually want to kind of, you know, move it up to another level. And then you would put another document through to say, I'm changing from baseline or I'm adding to the baseline. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think that's where yeah. I would sit in. So at this point okay. in time, baseline is irrelevant. I think it's just Makes really sense. about the process. Makes sense. So, so we we think about those five areas, um, and as we drill down on that over the next year, as we start to think about this, that may change slightly. But for now, define it, review it, adapt it, approve it, and publish it. And and that basically prove means it. I love that. Approve it. Oh, approve it. Oh, prove it. I prove thought it that was same. yeah. Prove it. Uh, prove it that it confirm works. Confirm it works. That's prove, true. Yeah. Actually, that's true. Right. Confirm on the board. Yeah, because then you actually talk to, for example, your business people and see if that. So, so use works. the word validate. Let's use ad- an adult validate. Word. Yes, an adult word, and not prove it. Not prove it. So yeah, I think some validation may well be the case. So before it gets approved, you validate that we've tested it and it's been validated. I like That's that. where you get a governance board for well whatever the process is we deal with yeah but you need to sort of confirm it so if an auditor says hey you enabled this governance and did you test it first you can say yes we validated it by yeah doing so i like that yeah anyway the third area then was the racky 
So identifying for each of your governance processes who's responsible for it, uh, who's accountable for it, who needs to be consulted in the process, mm -hmm. who needs to be informed about it. This could be either part of the publishing process or it could actually be before you go through this sort of um, validation process. It could be before then. I think we need to think about where we do that. We, we, we do that, Raki. Yeah, and would that mean that you've got different people depending on the step that you're in? You might do. We, we've yeah. got to work that one out. We need to sit there and think that one through a little bit. But yeah. I think it's important that every governance document, you need to understand where the responsibility for it is, either implementing it or even writing it or creating it. Uh, who's accountable for it so it could well be the CIO is accountable for something mm -hmm. but you know mm -hmm. the network manager actually has to is responsible for implementing it or whatever yeah. so where does the book stop then consulting of course business may need to read something or your your managed service providers or something uh, and then of course who needs to be informed well probably lots of people yeah so I think that's part of I think I think if I'm in thinking about this when I put the document or when I define the document, I wonder whether this really are statuses, not statuses, definitions within the document that define. This governance yeah. is responsibility of, accountable by. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that needs to have some part of your process in there somewhere. Yes. And what I really like, just about doing those things, you can feel the structure of the way your organization is going to do governance. So if you don't have any governance in already, you can start immediately with your documentation here, all right, mm -hmm. by just saying, hey, project team, we're going to do our own approval of our own documents. So at least I create something and there's my peers that are approving it. Uh, or I've at least I take a document and I understand where the responsibility and the accountability lies for that document. Yeah. yeah. So I think even if you don't have where we're going to go to the next stage, where we think about the process, just by covering these things, you will go a long way in your governance journey. Yeah. That could be your MVP. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That Rocky model is, if you are going to do some governance, at least create a Rocky model of, of who is responsible for this service, who is accountable who needs to be consulted when something is changed and who needs to be informed about change. Yeah. No, I agree entirely. All right, good. I like that. So, uh, yeah, so types. We've talked about types. We've talked about how or a process that you would potentially take your governance content through. And we've now talked about where the responsibility and who needs to know about it. Uh, you've de defined your, your audience and things. Mm -hmm. So then we start to get quite detailed now about the roles, the people, the users, the people part of governance. Because yeah. who needs you, to be there? Uh, yeah, who needs to understand it and uh, who needs to be informed or consulted. And we've got quite a long list of, of users that have some kind of role uh, around this document or this content. Yeah, because this is going to be a service that will be affecting a number of people within your organization, potentially everyone. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people will have 
specific roles in there as well. Yeah, so let's let's try and identify these roles, and they're all they're all people. Um, they're not. <laughs> I'm trying to work it's out where I was people. going with that. It's yes. all peoples, my peoples. Yeah. Um, but they're either individuals or they're a group of. Um, uh, and yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I tell you what, we'll just talk about it and come to it in a minute or two. So the owner, one the owner? owner, yes, one owner, might be. Is it a technical owner? Is it the business owner? Oh. Is the CEO the owner? Or is it the IT manager? Or is it the Dog, team lead? The or cat. is it uh, yeah, probably not. Is it the black cat that's also a detective in its spare time? We was, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. All right. Well the, there needs to be an owner of the document or of the um, governance process that you're passing through the board um, and, it, and that's really important because if it changes uh, the owner is responsible for making sure that it's the right thing and maybe uh, the responsible person is also the owner potentially um, yes potentially. or if he's the one that's accountable if whew, mm. it's complicated <laughs> a lot of work to do on this yet but anyway yeah, yeah, we're just yeah. identifying the components yeah. All right, the sponsor. Who's the sponsor? The one that brings the money. Oh, the money man. The money man. It might not be the case of just the money, though. It might be the person that sort of says, hey, I need I need you to control MS Teams rollout because I can't support it from the help desk. Mm. And the sponsor of that process might be somebody else. Is it really the money? Well, it's know. it's the person that identified the business need, the need and is willing to cough up the money to fill that need. Okay, that might well be. The sponsor yeah. could also be just somebody that is uh, advising you on the content. So if if your governance document is about project templates, it may well be the program manager as a sponsor that, that yeah. sort of knows what those templates look like. So they're not giving you the money, but they are providing information and guidance. But that might also be your subject matter, matter expert. expert. Yeah, well. Right. So there might be some cross-population here. Oh, yes, my fish feeder is feeding them, but I never have it over the fish tank. There we go. All right. Um <laughs> <laughs> that will I think I think that sounded so weird for the listeners. My fish tank is feeding but not over the fish tank. Yeah, so I have a, a mechanical <laughs> feeder. Those of you that have had meetings with you me know You lazy twat. <laughs> what? That I have a fish feeder? Yes. Really? I don't know. I never have fish. <laughs> so I don't know how much work is what involved. Happens, but what happens when the the fish and I'm on holiday in America? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then I have an electronic fish feeder, so twice a day cool. it drops food into the tank. Okay. 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 Lazy twat. Calling me a lazy <laughs> twat. You're the one <laughs> sitting there looking like a bloody English gentleman with your Lafrague socks on. Yes. Thank you for that, by You're the welcome. Way. You're welcome. All right. Let's go Good. back to this. Yes. So we've got an owner and a sponsor, uh, a board approver. So some kind of approval process that needs to say, yes, this makes sense to me. I agree. Move on. I'm not sure. 
okay. about that. Because I, I think everyone should approve. But maybe you want to have someone from the board there to make sure that it's aligned with your business strategy or the where your organization is going to. Go I to. think that if we go back to our Raki, whoever's responsible needs to be part of the approval process. Yes. And whoever's accountable potentially needs yeah. to be part of the approval process. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. otherwise they're going to sit there and go, I didn't approve this. Yeah. So there needs to be some kind of approval there. Uh, the next one, some kind of... Um, um, I can't read my own writing. Business passport. Perspective. perspective. Oh, yeah. Perspective. So yes. somebody from the business <laughs> saying, that will suit me. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, for example, if, if your MS Teams governance is that you raise an email or a ticket with your service desk and your service desk then uh, go off and create you a MS Teams site, and then somebody phones you and says, hey, your site is now created mm-hmm. and we've got an hour's training for you to tomorrow so that you can manage it in the right way. Mm-hmm. From a business perspective, they may say, that's junk. Why should I have to wait five days to get a Microsoft Teams site? At which point, you know, you're getting a perspective from a business that says, hey, yeah, self-management yeah, yeah. is what the business actually need. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see it, I see it. So that's what okay. I mean by business perspective. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Champions. You said champions. Why did you say champions? Maybe it's a rep- maybe it's just business perspective in a different word. Ah, yeah. Maybe it is. But um, I don't really know if they should be on board with the board. Ha ha ha! See what I did there. But um, they. It's a role in your project in your thing that your in your process yeah your governance process yeah there there are a role of people that need to be informed in your rocky model that's what i was going with yeah i was Um, going to say that so i think you're right when we talk about informed it's it's champions and things that are maybe even consulted every once in a while because you want to get some early feedback about something that you want to good idea yes so you can say hey look we're about to um, make it so that ms teams has to be go through the help desk and they would turn around and say not sure that's a good idea we're so used to being able to do this ourselves now it's Um, the the dog food people yes yes that's uh, potentially early adopters early adopters Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, personas this is an interesting one it Definitely is. I think it makes uh, sense to definitely use them in your project to keep them very close so that you can monitor what they do and say and how they react. Do they need to be on your governance board? Um, we're not sure that they're on the governance board. We're just talking about the roles that oh. are associated within the governance process at okay. this point. I agree that potentially they're going to have some board role depending where they're at. Mm. But the thing about the persona is that it might mean you have multiple governances around different personas or at least modifications in the governance document based upon your personas. Yeah, of so course. For, yeah. For, so your personas might be managers and they are allowed to self-create team teams, sites. Yeah. But your personas for your engineers engineers on the 
production line, they, might they not. can't. Yeah. So personas have some role in there that helps you ensure your governance is applicable to the business. And usable, yeah. And usable by yeah. the business. Yeah. So I think personas are important and often forgotten. Yes. Yeah, um, makes total sense, actually. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. I think there's a whole podcast on that somewhere along the way. The role of the persona. Uh, right. Uh, are personas and audience the same? Mm, don't know. Um, well, in the ideal world where you have unlimited money and resources and time, yes. Because then you can create so many persona that they will cover 100% of your audience. But you probably don't have unlimited time and resources and money. So you probably create five or ten persona. Yeah. And they will probably cover 90% of the business. Well, I think the other thing about audience is that your wording of your governance document and the instructions needs to be applicable to the people that will be reading it. Yeah. And I know that's what we know as audience. Hey, I'm writing to this audience. But uh, we talked about in- informed and consulted as part of the Raki. Mm-hmm. You know, we dropped that onto this board as a bit of an afterthought, and yet we've been referring back to that Raki process or part of that Raki mm-hmm. in this as we discussed this quite a lot. So I think the audience and the users of this... and it, and. It, what comes out of a governance, of course, is very much about your service descriptions um, for your, in this case, Microsoft 365, um, and how you should use things. So yeah, I think the users and audience are important, and they are linked in some way to the personas. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, we go on to the process. So we've got all of the players, we've got all of the areas, and we've got the models involved, but then you just need to basically work out what your process is going to be. Yeah, so we've got the why, we've got the how, we've got the what, we've got the who, and now we're drilling to the... Process. To the what. What are we going to do? No, it's a great word. How are we going to do it? Uh, yeah, who cares? Let's not worry about no, the, no, okay. the, let's not worry about the governance pronoun in this case. <laughs> <laughs> am I a what or am I a how? I'm not sure what I want to be. Um but yes, you'd basically need to have some kind of um well, process uh, to take your documents or take your information through so it's um you know approved by the right people. It's got an opportunity to be reviewed. Um, as we talked about in our model, uh, and then it needs to be published somewhere. So, yeah. for example, you could do it all electronically. Yes. So somebody defines it, and the workflow sends it out to people for comment. Yeah. Somebody makes comment. It sends it back to the owner. Yeah. They update it and say, I'm now ready for approval, and then it goes off to be approved. Yeah. Uh, so you could do it all electronically. I was actually doing that earlier today (laughs) the whole process in one of those typical pharma oriented applications and it was horrible (laughs) (laughs) it is interesting isn't it Uh, interesting Uh, yeah that's the least that you can say yes absolutely i think that um that once we start to dig down into some of these details here so um 
a governance review document, of course, you could potentially say there's not much being changed. So it could just go on a fast track through for yeah not a, not not a lot to change or just a small update yeah a version depending update, on for example yeah could then just go straight to be approved yeah uh, it could be the accountable or responsible person rather than a, a number of people you need a governance document to manage the governance process what can go through the fast track and what needs to be yeah audited but, it, but the change process is the same isn't it so you sit there and go look it's low risk um small groups of people with minimal effect if it goes wrong yeah so everybody just goes boom boom and it actually just goes through next next finish yeah so in fact people don't even look at it unless they wanted to go back mm-hmm. if it goes wrong somebody would review the document and say you're an idiot because you said it won't affect these people and yet it did so you filled out the wrong process so yes and again things things that are kind of self-explanatory and easy, do we still need to write them down in the governance process? Depends whether you what your audit requirements are for those changes and things like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to leave the, leave the cat in. Animals are taking over the podcast again. There we go. He's coming for the night. All right, so the other thing, though, to, to bear in mind, and I guess we'll finish on this before we uh, we will be coming back to this subject yeah. uh, generally, mm-hmm. is that if you're starting this from scratch, then you want a manual process. You want to learn from human feedback as to which types of governance documents can be automated, which types of documents need to have more reviews and, and be adapted and adaptable. Uh, so, yeah, set up the people, set up the meeting process, um, set up timelines. So, hey, all documents need to be in by the 10th of the month and then they get reviewed on the 15th and then mm-hmm. they get feedback by the 20th and maybe you do another round, you know, on the 25th and then whatever. Yep. Um, so if you go with the manual process first, then you can work out where you automate it afterwards and you can improve it just yep. as a, an MVP. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just make sure that you save your change requests in the request for change state, not in the draft state, and that they are uh, added to the list before Friday if your governance meeting is on Tuesday. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. He had a bit of a. He had, I had a bit, a bit of, of a today. meltdown today. Yes. Exactly. Actually, let's just let's just take that apart one step further. The bottom line is this is the first time that you had to deal with a change process for a particular organization. With a rigid change. A rigid. Pro- so yeah, 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 so yeah. at the extreme there, if yeah. you like, at one end. But nobody told you how. Nobody gave you a, this is your steps you need to take into place. So consequently, you were unaware you needed to change the state of something to keep it moving forward. Yeah. And it might have been into one of those 120 trainings that I needed to do where I needed to read a 50-page PDF uh, and then say that I, I acknowledge that I read and understood everything. It yeah. might be in one of those. I mean, this is all still your fault, still. of course. Yeah, so yeah, you should be depressed course. and ready to yeah. slash your uh, ankles and things like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. I should have also like double-checked this with the manager saying, is this okay? 
Exactly. But when it comes to any kind of process, you need to assess where the weaknesses and blockages are and what yeah. might go wrong with it, etc., mm. etc. All right. Well, this is a huge subject. I mean, if yes. we were to take, we had two, four, six, uh, eight types of Mm -hmm. uh of governance and that was just without thinking about it for a long time yeah five stages in the mat in the process yeah. that needs we to be haven't dealt with. even talked about what kind of documents we want to put in there design Correct. specifications operation manuals installation Change. manuals user requirements yeah. documents um yeah it's a huge subject and exactly. it will keep us going yes all righty. Well, that was a, an interesting one. We certainly knocked it off, and I'm glad we did it in less than 55 minutes. But I think we're going to be over an hour today because we are going to taste Ooh. an interesting whiskey. So we came across this before because uh, we you probably heard us mention a few weeks ago that uh, I went out and bought a whiskey before one of our podcasts. And uh, I was chewing over which one that I actually want to, to taste. Uh, and I bought a Belle Blair. Um, and I th I'm not sure what number it was. Was it a 10-year, maybe? Can't remember. But uh, So I bought a whole bottle of this, and Moraine then went, oh, I bought a little taster, and it was the same one, the Belle Blair. Uh, and it was really very nice. In fact, I've been drinking quite a lot of it since I bought the bottle. Very sherry, sherry very sherry-heavy. Um, and uh, and now we're going to to taste the 18-year-old. Thank you very much indeed. So, as I said, the color of this is called oiled cedar. Now, if I look at the color of this mm. whiskey and I compare it to other whiskies we've looked at here, it's kind of quite orangey. It's got a tint of quite a strong tint of orange in it. So, I don't know whether that is because cedar is an orangey kind of wood. I don't know. But the only difference in this name is there. But it's an oiled cedar color. Well, it is very oily. I mean, I've got big fat tears. I've got yeah. a, a, a fat layer of oil on top of it. You can definitely see. Now, I want to read these tasting notes out because mm. whoever did this, the wording is beautiful. So the aroma is rich toffee <clears throat> and baked pears shining bright against an elegant backdrop of new leather. Ooh, was that good for you? I do get the new letter. Do you? I do get oh, okay. that. Okay, I'm going to stick my nose in. Here we go. Mm. And maybe... Ooh, you the, do. The pears and the apples with the typical bourbon oak, they're there as well with the vanilla. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But that's that's more of the default bourbon oak kind of barrel that you get. So This is amazing. I don't think I've... It's I've nosed well. a whiskey which has such distinctive taste, bands of, of taste. So I can, the leather is there. It's beautiful, actually. It's uh, as, as an after nose as well for what, for, I don't want to say an after taste, but it's kind of there after in the nose. background. Yeah, an after nose. <laughs> I've come up with a new whiskey yes. term, after nose. Pre-nose and an after nose. Yes. Okay. But the apple is very strong in here. An elegant backdrop of new leather. What mm -hmm. a great description. Toffee? Hmm, I don't get that. Anyway, I'm going to go in for a taste. I know mm -hmm. something. Smelling this, you know this is going to be smooth. Yeah. Because it's it, it also smells nice and sweet. Not overly sweet, but just nice and oomphy. 
Umfy enough. Have you ever been into an artisan's leather workshop? I have. And that's yes. what you get here, like that wooden... Yeah. So it is, uh, just checking, just 46% of alcohol, which is going to give us enough oomph and it's not too watered down to give us a... a, a, a yeah, this, this will give you a proper experience. Oh, you can like this. It's got that tobacco... Oh, quite a chewable tobacco taste in mm, it. Okay. And, and a hint of orange. I've not read the things or remembered them. But that is a lovely palette. A masterful balance of juicy apricots, seasoned oak, and vanilla custard. Oh. It's good, isn't it? Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Mmm. So the Bell Blair... Distillery is very north, very yeah. very top of Scotland direction. It's, yeah, I was uh, I was there uh, in the in the summertime, and it's it's about an hour drive from Inverness. Up so north. you got to bear in mind that this is kind of cold. It's not. It's yeah. it's slowly matured. If this is at eighteen years of. Mm-hmm. You know, no heat. We we tasted earlier some Go and some Nirvana. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's opposite. Fast, yeah, yeah fast matured because mm-hmm. of the heat. This yeah. is this is taking its time. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, it's it's a lovely distillery, uh, Bob Blair. Uh, really nice people working there. But then again, everywhere we went to, always have as nice people. Whiskey is a people business, isn't it? It is. It is. But this is truly amazing. This is nice. Yeah. And it's so much better than the 10-year-old. Wow. I've just got a touch left. I'm just going to put in a drop of water. I don't think it's going to make it Um, advantageous. I'm going to do that as well. I just have. Because I don't think it's got the depth to it. So we might regret doing this. I just have a few drops in here. Kills the nose. Yeah. The leather goes. Mm. It doesn't do that. Should open up the bouquet. Makes it a little sweeter, maybe. Mm, actually gives it a bite. Ooh. Mm, that is interesting. Okay. <clears throat> See whether it um, kind of brings out a pepperiness. He can't make his mind up. I think I prefer it without the water. If yeah, a little chili yeah. in the back. It is, yeah. I didn't mm. want to say I didn't want to use chili for some reason, but it, it is a bit harsher than pepper. But yeah. it's not a bad drink, uh, with or without water. But without water, I that is. Would also incredible. think I like it more without any water. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But there we go. Highland made. single yes. malt Scotch whiskey. Hmm. <clears throat> mm, there you go. That was a. Cool, cool whiskey. So there you go. Um, we we do like to taste a whiskey that's not so easy to get hold of. And when you're talking about whiskies at 18 and 24 years old, hey, there's not many of them, and B, they're expensive. Um, so uh, yeah, Moraine got a, a little taster bottle. Mm. So, yes, but that was well worth it. Yes, that was well worth it. Yeah. Alrighty. So there we go. Office 365 Distilled, Stephen Moraine, hitting the old governance trail. 
Moraine's just still enjoying it's the still, finish on the whiskey. It's still chewable. It is. Uh, the aftertaste, after... Mm, still... Yeah. Yeah. Did you not notice that I tried to change the subject then and get us oh, back onto sorry. governance? Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, no, don't apologize. Yes, that's fine. Back to business. You knew you were enjoying that... Um, Immensely. Yes. I that. also like the, the mouthfeel. It's because it's heavily oiled, you've got actually the, the feeling that you're drinking something. It's chewable. It's chewable, yes. definitely. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Good. So uh, basically what we've done here is we've identified a lot of areas around governance that we will mm-hmm. expand upon over the coming months and years. Um, we're actually doing, a, or we've pitched in for a presentation called Fast and Furious Governance. Somewhere. Yes. Yes. We did. We yes. need to write I think that in, uh, in Tallinn for the something, something, something yeah, conference something, something, in Tallinn. Something. Yes. So it's, it is something we're going to work on. Um, and uh, uh, it's something we'll work on next weekend when we're, we're away in, uh, in the US and stuff. Yeah. And expand on this. But there we go. So we've just touched upon the over high level stuff. So what type of governance it is that you need to create for, for the different services as you release them. Some kind of uh, model around the define, review, adapt and publish it so that people can get to see it. Mm-hmm. We've identified the owners that might be involved uh, in creating this governance. And of course, they will be part of or, or external to your project team as you move forward. Uh, and then we really have to understand the racky here, the responsible, accountable, consulted and informed because everybody will mm-hmm. have something to do. And then you need to work out how you're going to hang this together in a manageable process and understand that there's going to be a life cycle around all of that. You can't just kind of ignore it um, and uh, see it. I think it's we're panicking a little bit, but we're all okay. It's just that the screen's we're timed all, out. We're all so right. Yes. We, we know what we're like when we see the screens go off because we yes. think we stopped recording, but okay. we're all good. good. Which blew my great finish for this podcast. Sorry. No, it's not your fault. It's, uh, I'm going to keep my elbow away. <laughs> <laughs> I mounted the, the light so we can definitely see I it. saw that. that. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's that is there. brilliant. Ready to rock and roll. Yep. Anyway, <clears throat> so we, you'll hear more about this, um, but, uh, but that was fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, I don't think I want to say much more. Okay, I've got let's, a nice let's buzz wrap from that it whiskey. That's, uh, yeah, me too. And I'm, I still, I still got the aftertaste going and going and going in my awesome. mouth. So yeah, it's it's a beautiful whiskey. It's a great topic as well, though. It is. It it's is a great we'll, first we'll session, and now we can like deep dive in the next few episodes. Well, we won't do it here. I think, but over the next six or eight months yeah. or so, I think we'll yeah. we'll certainly drop into these things and uh, yeah. And work out, you know, how do you define uh, the governance of MS Teams? You know, how do you review It used to them? be easy. It used to be easy. It used That's to the be problem. easy, yeah. But with 1,700 applications. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. I had a... It used a, to be a six-step process. <laughs> no, know. no, no, for real, for real. There was a slide from, from Microsoft that said, like, these are the six things that you need to take a decision about. And that's governance of ms teams covered can you still find that i that would be probably interesting can. Yes. to be able to, to be able to look at that. yes so we're recording next probably in las vegas uh yeah 
So I think or we LA will... LA or Vegas, we'll, one yeah, of the two. Yeah, we'll, we will record our next yeah. one from there. Don't know yeah. what subject yet. Yeah. Uh, but we'll certainly do an overview. It depends. It so depends. If you hear the police sirens in the back, means we're in LA. We could go if old If you school. hear the, the tellers, the, the jackpot things. We're uh, in the casino. Yeah. We could go old school. We could actually do a review of each of the conference days. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like what we used to do for Ignite and yeah. stuff like that. You remember the days yeah. when we used to have real conferences when you'd go to and oh, real people? Man. This is our first... Well, it won't be for, mm, for you because no. you're going to do I've, Copenhagen next week. Yeah, and I've done a few conferences well, by now I as well. South Coast and stuff. Yeah. It's not the same though. Mm, no, it's not. It's true. It's true. Well, I'll man, tell you what, yeah, guys, we'll see. Wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll take it from there. All right, so Steve Dolby signing out. And uh, yeah, it's been a good podcast tonight. I really enjoyed recording this great subject. We love governance, which is very boring for some. And hopefully you've not fell asleep. Exactly. And on that note, it also reminds me that I need to send out a heartfelt apology to you and to the listeners for the last episode. Aww. Actually, this morning while I was standing in my shower washing myself. Um, please tell totally. me it was your underarms. Uh, yeah, you, well, yeah, my hair and everything, but still. Um <laughs> I was thinking. Don't say anything, Steve. Don't no, say anything. no, no! Don't, don't, don't! I was thinking like, I, I was really very negative. And yesterday, I recorded a YouTube movie about the new stories featuring Yammer, and I heard myself saying, "Yeah, so now you can do your TikTok dance in share it within the company." And I was thinking like, why am I so negative about all these things? I, I always used to be so enthusiastic about new things that were coming out in the last few weeks or months i feel like i'm more uh, i don't know what the right word is negative about new things that are coming out and i need to make sure that i Stay don't positive. do that anymore yeah because i'm i'm losing the thing that I love, and, and I still love Microsoft 365, and, and, and I still love all the things that are coming out, but I just feel myself sometimes talking very negative about things. I, I think when you're passionate about something like you are, you identify something that is not right or something that you've been promised that hasn't turned up yet. And, of course, it feels bad. It feels painful. Like you, we yeah. talked about Loop last time, and yeah. you were negative as fuck about Loop. Yeah, you were just you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to give you a kick in the balls and say, "Stop being that way." Exactly, because it's such a cool technology but, and it holds so much you know, promise. But we were wrong. In the, I, I pointed out to you this week. Hey, yeah, look, actually, in September they said the Loop app is now in in public preview and private preview. Yeah. Private preview. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. And part of that problem is that we. There's just too much information around to be able to keep it all in one head. So, yeah. you know, don't don't get too uptight about it. But, yeah, be positive about this yeah. stuff, about where it's going. So, from now Absolutely. onwards. Yeah. And, of course, we do know that you're Scrooge. So, having uh, yeah. just recorded the first Advent calendar ones, which you guys will hear on the first and second and third, we do have Scrooge amongst us. So, we True. will change you. So, 2023, my friend. I'll you go back to being to a change. happy camper. Happy camper. Yes. Cappy hamper. 
Captain yes. Hamper. <laughs> All right. So a little bit of diversion, but Moraine apologizes yes. for being such a miserable bastard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he will never do it again. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it could be just you getting old. That might also be the thing, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that as well. Maybe I'm just getting old. Like an old grumpy fuck. No. Oh, yeah. We yeah. could become the two guys in the Muppets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. No. Well, on that funny note, which you may or may not be listening to now, of course, because you've gone, okay, time to turn those boys off. Yeah. Uh, we're going to say hi and bye. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. So Steve Dolby is saying goodbye and handing over to Moraine for him to say bye.